Psalms 86, 1 through 7, a prayer of David. He said, bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me. For I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayers Mm -hmm. and attend to the voice of my supplications Mm -hmm. in the day of trouble. Excuse me. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee for thou wilt answer me. Precious Lord, I, I, I just would love to have the relationship with you that David had, Father God. You said in your word, David was a man after thy own heart. And we know David was a, had some troubles. David had some issues. But he never stopped loving you and worshiping you and praising you and boasting about your goodness. Father God, let us emulate the greatest king ever in his prayer life. Thank you in Jesus' name. We need to learn how to pray. Amen. You can sit, be seated. We need, we need, we need to, we need to want to know how to pray. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to, and, and, and I'm guilty of it, and I'm pretty sure everybody in here is guilty of it. I'll pray for you. And 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 really, really don't know what always to pray. And maybe our prayer life itself ain't worthy to be presenting it to someone else. David like the disciples, had to learn to pray. David didn't just, he wasn't born a prayer warrior. He had to learn to pray. And and when we talk about David, David went through some stuff. He went through some stuff. He went through some trials and some adversities. He was tested. His faith was tested. His love for God was tested. And, and, And that's true of all of us. All of us in here, our faith has been tested. Our love for God has been tested. Our, our commitment to God has been tested. All that. And we was talking on Wednesday night and, and, that, and, that, and that wonderful verse out of Revelation 21 and 8. And it says, it's just talking about who's going to hell. And it said the fearful and the unbelieving. Mm-hmm. Prayer is hard work. The disciples following Jesus around, they said, they said, Lord, they said, Lord, in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said unto them, y'all know this, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth, give us this day. Our daily bread. How about that? And forgive us of our sins. Can't forget that. Amen. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. David. 
this great prayer. Look at verse one of this great prayer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to hit every verse and just, just leave it. Let the Lord have His way. David says, he says, "Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy." Now, David had a relationship with the Lord. See, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you know, you can be in the car and, and, and be praying to God. God, listen to me. God, I need to hear you. David is saying, bow down. All he wanted was God's ear. That's all he wanted was God's ear. He, look, he said, bow down, thine ear. Come, you know, just, just, just get close enough to me to listen to me. Amen. Hear me out. See, one thing, one thing, one thing they, they teach us in, in, in hospice or anybody that's visiting, if you're ever going to visit somebody in the hospital, don't stand over them. Get a, find a chair and, 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 and sit down next to them. Even if you have to sit on the bed, but don't stand over them. You want to get down close to them because folks that are sick. They may not have enough energy to talk loud enough. And they may not want to hear the other person on the other side of the room to hear what y'all are talking about. So get down close to him. And David is saying, God, get, get a little close to me. about that? He says, oh, Lord, I like that. David had to write God. David, David knew all about the, all the idols. Remember we talking about what made one of the things that made David a great king? That he never, under David's rule of Israel, Israel never went into idolatry. They never, David, under David's kingdom, the people never went into idolatry. David taught his people the right God, the true God. Remember David got upset. He got upset, real upset. We're going to talk about it just a little later when we talk about David's faith. He got a little upset when that, when that uncircumcised Philistine... Start cussing at the God of Israel. David didn't see. David didn't play that. Well, you know, see, we 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 you know, folks joke to make jokes about Jesus and Jesus jokes and God jokes all the time. You know, you want to hear? You know, you ever been, you ever be around people? They know you're a Christian. You want to hear? I got a, ha, ha, ha. You know, I got a religious joke. You want to hear? No, I don't want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. Come on, man. This is a good. You know, this is a clean joke. See, folks like a joke. See, I, you just, I'll listen to your your little funny joke. You want to listen to mine? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. That's why I like when, 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 when Dick and Jeremy said to him, look, you know, we're going better. We're going stronger. We got to be strong. We got to be strong to face these demons. David had the right Lord. He said, Oh, Lord, hear me. I like that. Hear me. See, when you got a relationship with God, when you got that kind of relationship with God, you can talk to him like that. God, I, just, I got some good stuff going on. I need you to hear me. But watch what he says next to prove that David, David was was coming to him. How do we say if my people who are called by my name, what humble themselves? Here's the king of Israel. Here's the greatest king of all Israel. By today's standard, David would be have Elon Musk type status. He would have great wealth and he would have a great following. But here, look how he presents himself. To God in all humility. He says, For I am poor and needy. Okay? He said, He said, I'm so, I'm so low, I'm so weary that unless you stoop down to hear me, my voice will not reach your ears. 
David was humble. David was a God's man. And, and one of the reasons that David was God's man, because David was humble. He never, you never read about David being haughty and high and mighty and looking down on people. You don't read that about David. David was a man after God's own heart for a reason. Verse number two, watch what it said. This is fascinating. He said, preserve my soul. Let me take a piece by piece. He said, preserve my soul. How about that? Don't let me rot away. Don't let me waste away. How about that? Don't let me waste away. Preserve my soul. Listen, listen. David served God. The last part of this verse says, for I am holy. Thou art thou my God. Save thy servant that trust in thee. Let me tell you something. You can have confidence in God when you serve him. Okay, we sing that song, I serve a risen Savior. Absolutely. John, John 12, 26 says, if any man serve me. How about that? If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, watch this, him will my father honor. How about that? Serve God and God will honor you. God will honor you. What's it mean to honor you? He will honor you. He will, he will respect you and he will hear you. He will hear your prayers and we got plenty of them. I believe a lot of the prayers that the church is, 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 is not being answered because the church has stopped serving God. We serving everything but God. We serving everything but God. God says that his man his woman will serve him, and when we serve him, he will honor us. And many of us in here have been honored. We've been honored by God because we have served God, and God has blessed us. Okay? Maybe not with stuff, but God has blessed us. Being confident of, being confident of this very thing. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Paul understanding this. He says that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's that's the folks that come to you and say, well, you know what? You know what? Maybe God is going to stop serving you and stop stop being preserving you and stop being faithful to you. Now, God's not going to do that. If God started it, he's going to finish it. Now, if you started it, you can quit whenever you want to. But if God started a good work in you, he's going to finish it. That's what the word of God says. That ain't what I'm saying. That's what the word of God says. Okay. Let me give you, let me, let me back that up. Let me back that up. Cause I, I just say this cause I know there's people listening and say, well, you know what? I, I, I know some people that lost their salvation. No, you don't. Amen. No, you don't. Okay. You, what you, what you, what you know is some people who stop going to church. You know, some church folk who stop going to church because you know, it got uncomfortable for them. Or he got in the way. Maybe maybe they like fishing on Sundays. Or maybe they like going golfing on Sundays. There's a lot of, see, there's a lot of things to do on Sunday. And, and some of us came up in a time where there was nothing to do on Sunday but go to church. That's the only thing that was open. Church and the drugstore. And the drugstore didn't sell alcohol on Sunday. Right, Blanche? Uh, I know that's true. Okay, there wasn't, there, I mean, there wasn't but a McDonald's and a Burger King. And they weren't open. My sheep hear my voice. 
My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. Do y'all understand? I don't I don't be want to be condescending and try to talk like y'all don't know nothing. But do y'all know what eternal life is? Eternal life is eternal life. Okay. <laughs> eternal life means that you're going somewhere where you're going to live for all eternity. Okay. So you can have eternal life in heaven or you can have eternal life in hell. You're not going to have eternal life halfway in purgatory and get out. No, it's a heaven or hell issue. Okay. So, so Jesus is speaking here. This is Jesus speaking. This is not, this is not an apostle speaking or anybody. This is God in the flesh speaking. He said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Why? My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And then he says this. Just I think Jesus. See, Jesus just wanted to get on folks' nerves. <laughs> this, and he did. Watch what he says. After he said all that, watch what he says. And he says, I and my father are one. That's in John 10, 27. Preserve my soul. Watch this. For I am holy. Now, that'll throw people off. Because he said, David wasn't holy. Yes, he was. You know what that word holy means here? That word holy in this sense means that he was committed. You know, when you're holy, when you're holy to God, that means you're committed to God. That don't mean you're perfect. Okay? How do I know that? Because the word of God said there's None righteous, no, not one. But to be holy means that we are servants of God. We trust God. We are committed to God. We are faithful. We are charitable. We are compassionate. That's all part of being holy. You know, some people think, you know, you know, you holy, you walking around, you got you got rosary beads, and, and every time you see something, you're doing the sign of the cross. No, that ain't being holy. Amen. That ain't being holy. Walk, not cussing ain't being holy. Amen. Not smoking ain't being holy. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't cuss. I'm holy. No, that don't. You could you could bust hell wide open. Not smoking, drinking, or cussing. Amen. Okay. Amen. Being holy means you committed to God. When somebody come into your world and they see you, you know, and I'm not I'm not advocating smoking, drinking, and cussing. I'm not. Okay. I try not to do none of them. Okay. Me being sober, paying attention. Somebody come into your world, they see God working in your life. And they see your commitment. People see your commitment. Margaret, Margaret told me she seen my commitment. I said, Margaret, I ain't, you know, I, I've been here a long time. I, I don't think I missed a, 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 but a, one, maybe one or two Sundays. She said two. Okay. So, so what, what do you see? You see God at work. Don't you believe God at work? I was telling Columbus, being saved is supernatural. See, <laughs> Remember, one, one preacher says, I, I'll give his name. I don't like to give preachers' names a whole lot. They may say something I don't agree with, and y'all say, well, that's fascinating. I love that guy. No, Paul Washer said this. He said, salvation is a supernatural act of God whereby a person becomes a new creature. Now, I can, I can support that because that's biblical. Okay? People say, what does it mean to be saved? That means something supernatural happened to you. Okay? 
It's some supernatural has to happen to every all folks that go to church. Okay. Some folks don't even know what it means to be born again. Because and Jesus said you must be born again. So if Jesus said you must be born again, that, that it would behoove me to know what it means to be born again. Amen. And salvation is a supernatural act of God whereby you become a new creature. You receive a new nature. I think Paul would run that in the second Corinthians 517, where he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And that takes, and, and let me tell you something, it takes something supernatural to change some of us. Amen. Okay? Amen. Some, you know, there, I mean, there used to be song, there, changing me. Okay? Some folks, we need to be praying when we pray, Deacon Jeremy, will you, God, do something supernatural in my whoever's life. Amen. Okay? Because that's what he do. He's a supernatural God. Who does supernatural things? Paul said, David said, Preserve my soul, for I am holy. He said, I am holy, thou my God. Save thy servant that trusts in you. David was God's servant, and he had a right to boast. See, we don't like to boast. And some people accuse me of boasting too much. Well, I don't, I don't, I hope I don't boast in myself. I just want to boast in the Lord. I want to boast in the Lord. You know, when I talk about the fact that I have been faithful to come coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday night Bible study, I just thank God for giving me the strength to do it. And I thank God for that I haven't been sick and he's given me good health. And then he's given me a desire to study and to show up every day with a fresh word from God. Now, I could never do that on my own. I could never do that on my own. I could sit here and say, well, how would I boast about something like that? Amen. Can't. Thank God. God, thank you for, for putting me in place. It's an honor to, to, to do what you do. It's an honor. But, but listen, listen, there's a, there's a time for boasting. Because see, this world, just see, this world want to take Christians and just beat them down. And they want all Christians to walk around like this. Okay? And, 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 and the word of God says Christians are warriors and soldiers and battles. And Jews say we ought to contend for the faith once given. Listen, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I, I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that, Jesus, this spaghetti back Jesus. Uh-uh. This, the God I serve was, is, was a war, is a warrior and a militant and radical, and he, he would challenge you. Paul, Paul, when they was, when they was beating down on Paul, they, the Corinthians church, we didn't get to it this morning, but they was beating on Paul. You know, you this and you that, you weak. Paul, Paul had a right to defend himself. You better. That's apologetics. Offending yourself. Watch what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 9. 1, he says, he says am I not an apostle? Now, Paul, Paul going to boast here a little bit. He ain't saying, Paul, you ain't an apostle. He said, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Sometimes you got to put it out there. Remember Job? God said Job was one. God said Job was an upright man, a righteous man, and one who eschewed evil. Job was a good man. Then God allowed Satan to touch Job. Now, Job's buddies didn't know God had allowed Satan to touch him. And in that day, they were saying, well, you know what? For you to be going through this, you must have sinned. And they were putting it on Job. They were putting it on Job. And Job finally had to stand up to his friends. See, sometimes you, gotta, you have to stand up to them folks. 
Okay, and here what Job said in Job 27, 3. Now, they was, they was getting on him. They wanted him to, to, to even confess some kind of sin. God had already told Satan that he wasn't, he wasn't, ain't no sin in this brother. He assured evil. He's a good man. Job even prayed for his children just in case. Just in case they forgot to pray. He was that kind of man. So, so in Job 27, 3, watch what he says. He said, all the while my breath is in me. And the spirit of God is in my nostrils. How about that? My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter, utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you, talking to his friends, till I die. I will not remove my integrity from me. Now, you can boast in that. Job said, listen, y'all, y'all not going to get me to, to admit anything. That's that kind of guy. Remember, John? I see, I seen this verse a whole lot different this time. John on the island of Patmos, Revelation 1 9. Think about this. I want you, I don't want y'all to walk around puffed all up. I don't want y'all to walk around like, okay, God is good. God been good to me. I need to, I need to, I need to press toward the mark of the high calling of God. Here's John. Here's John on the island of Patmos. Now, understand John was on the island of Patmos because they had put him in a, in a, in a pitcher of hot oil and in the, the Empire of Domitia. John came up. Get him out of here. You know, God was at work in John's life. Send him to the island of Patmos. Now, here he is on the island of Patmos writing to us. The island of Patmos was a place where barbarians, I mean, barbarians. John was supposed to go there and be eaten by barbarians. He wasn't, they wasn't like going on a cruise or anything. He wasn't going to a, some kind of Hawaiian vacation. All right. But he writes this. Now, this is Boston. Okay. He said, I, John who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. How about that? A companion in tribulation. See, the Bible says it's through much tribulation that one inherits the kingdom of God. See, we, we, we think we're going to go to, we think we're just going to wash ourselves right into heaven. Now you're going to go through something. You're going to go through something down here. These wretched bodies going to go through something. Okay. And, they, and John said, I'm your companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the aisle that is called Patmos for the word of God, for the word of God, because he was preaching the word of God so, so powerfully and so, so, so adamantly. They said, get this guy out of here. He's going to come change the whole world. John was a, 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 an expositor of Jesus Christ's holy word, and they hated it then. They hate it now. They hate it now. Okay. Now watch what he says. He's on this island because of the word of God. And for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, testimony of Jesus Christ. He was telling people about Jesus Christ. He was telling people about Jesus Christ and him crucified. He was telling people how to get to heaven. And he was adamant about it. He was dogmatic about it. And they put him on that island of Patmos. And like it's going to stop. Okay. Now, they come in here in a couple of maybe six weeks or a year and say, you know, who the pastor here? Who is Keith Neal? He's going to get arrested and go to prison. Y'all think I'm going to stop preaching in prison? Y'all think I'm going to go to prison and, oh, 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 I'm locked up. Send me a food box. Come visit me, Cindy. No, ain't happening. Ain't that kind of party. I'm going to God must have some work for me to do in prison. Been there before. Okay. Watch what he says. He on the island of Patmos. 
Obviously, it must be the Lord's Day. Sunday, well, in that time, it was when the Sabbath. And he said, and I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Amen. Okay? Circumstances didn't change. Just because your circumstance changed, your relationship with God can't change. Just because you know, Paul said, what did he say? I know how to, I know how to praise him when I'm abounding and when I'm on base. I can praise him when I'm low, praise him when I'm high. Okay? Some folks lose their job. Oh, I can't praise the Lord no more. I lost my job. Wife walk out on him. Oh, my wife left me. I can't praise the Lord no more. Well, you wasn't praising him before. You might have, she might have stayed. <laughs> Think about that. Don't it happen? Don't it happen? You know, you might, you know. Know what God says? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. But it, it ought to work the other way. So we can't believe that if we don't believe that nothing can separate us from loving God. That makes sense, don't it? If nothing can separate God from loving us, nothing should separate us from loving God because that's how the relationship works. That's it. That's how it works. So if you can leave God, then you have no right to say nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Because your, 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 your faith ain't where it should be. Hmm. Let me move on. Yes, ma'am. Here's a great prayer. Here's a great prayer. Easily to me, easily to me, one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. And God answered, answered it immediately. Hezekiah. 38. One of the great prayers in the Bible. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus say the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah said, No, no. No, no. Turn his face to the wall and pray unto the Lord. See, 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 here, here's the thing. I, we, I hear people praying all the time, praying all the time. God, help me. Heal my body, heal my body. Ain't done nothing for God. When God ain't, ain't done nothing for God. Ain't done nothing for God. Now, and sometimes God is so gracious, so full of grace and mercy and love that he was still on behalf. Maybe that person has a saint in his family. You know, pray for my daughter. Pray for my son. Pray for my cousin. Pray for my uncle. Pray for whatever. Look at Hezekiah. He 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 got a he got a <laughs> he got a resume. And I, I want y'all to work on y'all's resume. I want y'all to work on some things. Because, you know, you, if you're going to call on God to do something for you, then, you know, I, I'm not saying God is like this. But why should I? What, what if God said, what, what, what have you done for me? Mm-hmm. Why should I save you? Why should I heal you for you to go right back serving the enemy of my people? Amen. Hezekiah. 
Hezekiah said, remember now. He's talking to God now. He, see, once you, once you get against that wall, once you, you know, and, 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 and they had, he had some kind of cancer. He had some kind of deadly sore on his body that there was no healing for it. Okay? He said, remember now. Remember now. Oh, Lord. Watch this. All caps. He had the right God. And he had been serving the right God. He said, I beseech thee. How, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah, that was it. Well, that's a short prayer. But he's talking to God. Of the universe. He's talking to the Lord that knows everything about him. Everything about him. Jake and I was talking yesterday. You, when you get pulled over, when before that, please get out of the car and come to your window and tell you to roll it down. They know everything about you. They know everything about you. They know if you got a warrant. They know if you got a CCW. They know how many tickets you have. They know, they know your address, your social security number, everything about you. Everything. Okay. God knew everything about Hezekiah. He knew everything about him. And he knew everything Hezekiah said was true. This was a good man who had, who, who, who God did still didn't have to save him. He didn't have to deliver him. But because of his grace and his mercy, he responds to the kings, to the king Hezekiah's right kind of boasting. Watch what he boasts one more time. This is worth it. He said, remember now, O Lord, I beg thee how I have walked before thee in truth. One, one wavering. God said it. That settled it. With a perfect heart. With a perfect heart. I had a heart that was set on pleasing you. And I have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept. Sore. You know why he wept sore? Because he wanted to do some more work. He wanted to serve God some more. And that ought to be that ought to be the only reason why a saint ought not want to go to heaven. Listen, Lord, I, I, I got some more work to do down here. I want to serve you more. Paul, what did Paul say? He says, it, it, it's good that I stay with you. It's good that I go to heaven, but it's better that I stay with you. But if you ain't doing nothing for God down here, why would he why would he why would he want Then, with the, then came the word of God. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, go and say to Hezekiah. Thus say the Lord, the God of David, thy mm -hmm. father. Think about that. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee days, 15 years. How about that? How about that? That's a good kind of prayer. See, that's a good kind of boast. How, how many of you know the difference between boasting and bragging? I mean, they, they sort of parallel. They sort of real close. Boasting and bragging, okay? Boasting, boasting, when you boast, that means you can back up what you're saying. See, and you ain't boasting when you can back up what you're saying. Bragging is you saying something, but you, it don't have no foundation. You don't, you know, you're just bragging. Okay? Man, I'm going to knock your head off. 
He ain't knocking nobody's head off. <laughs> bragging, bragging is like show off stuff. Boasted is, boasted is, I, I'm, I'm boasted because I know. Do this. How? Huh. How oh, we ought to boast? The Bible said we ought to boast in the Lord. We ought to boast in the Lord. See, Hezekiah wasn't boasting. Mm-hmm. He wasn't boasting. He was saying to God, listen, let me tell you something. Here's what, here's what, here's what I've done. You can back it up. You ain't boasting. That's what we used to say back in the day. Look at verse number three. He said, be merciful unto me. I like this. He said, be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Now, that's interesting. That is an interesting verse right there. Now, this is David's prayer. This is David. This is not, this is not our prayer. We got to make our own. But David is just giving us an idea on how he did it. He said, be merciful unto me. He knew God as a God of mercy. What is, what is mercy? God not giving us what we deserve. God not giving us what we deserve. And what do we deserve? Death. And hell. And all that. And we was on our way if it wasn't not for God's mercy. So, so it's not inappropriate to ask God for mercy if what? If we're merciful. What did the man, what did the rich man, when the rich man got to hell, the rich man of Lazarus, the story of the rich man of Lazarus, when he got to hell, what was, what was, what was revealed to him while he was there? Because the, the Lazarus was set at his door, and what did he not do? No mercy. He didn't show him no mercy. His sin wasn't being rich. His sin was that with all his riches, he showed no mercy. Okay? Now, the merciful... Shall obtain mercy. See? That's a that's the scripture. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. See, a lot of folks, a lot of folks ain't getting blessed because they they just ain't lining up. You can't ask God for mercy if you ain't gonna show nobody no mercy. Don't make no sense. Okay? For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. That's just so basic. You walking around here with chips on our shoulders, mad at folks, and God has shown us mercy. Let me, let me, let me give you a verse that, that, that sometimes we just forget where the hole that we came out of. Okay? Sometimes we forget Paul, Paul writing to the Corinthians people, he said, he says, because they, they had got high on their horses. They had gotten to where they thought they had it all together. They forgot where they came from. Corinth, Corinth was a horrible town. It was a horrible city. They did all kind of stuff, prostitution, drugs, every known sin that you can was found in Corinth. And Paul came in and some of them got saved not, and, and, and saved supernaturally. I'm not talking about some of this stuff they do at the Deliverance Temple, Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh, they got saved for real. They got saved for real. Something Paul came as an apostle, and God's supernatural power came upon these people, and they were delivered from this stuff. What was they delivered from? Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Now imagine me being Paul talking to you guys, and some of y'all in here then come out of some mess. Okay? Be not deceived. Don't let Satan fool you in thinking you did something on your own. 
Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That person, that person in the congregation probably said, he's talking about me. Daniel, he ain't caught me out in the, in the pasture. Nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of them folks. Unless what? Something supernatural happens. Yeah. And what what Paul says. And I think all of them. You remember, remember how the story was when, when, when Jesus started writing in the sand? He started writing in the sand and writing people's names in the sand. Right, same, same, same thing here. Paul writing names in the sand. Okay? And such were some of you. And such were some of you. Paul knew everybody in there. He knew all they'd been. He knew who the drunkards were, the revelers were. He knew who the, the, the homosexuals were. He knew who the adulterers were. Imagine that. I don't know all that about you. I don't want to know all that about you, but because Paul had apostolic power from God. He knew every one of them. He looked over and said, yeah, you was a homo. <laughs> Not you, Jeremy, but I just, I just pointed that way. But you know, you, you was an adulterer. You was a fornicator. You was a drunkard. Yeah, Jake, you, you was eight of these things. That's, how, that's what God had, gave Paul the power to do. And these folks were walking around being haughty, and they was talking about Paul. You know, you ain't, you don't speak real well. You don't look real good. You're not, you're not an apostle because you would, you would wear nice clothes. And then Paul says, "And such were some of you." Mm-hmm. But that's a great but, ain't it? Oh, there's a great but. But you were washed. But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Now, that that last piece just came just came to life for me because we've been spending so much time talking about the spirit of God. And you will miss that last part. They were washed. They were justified. They were sanctified. And it says in the last by the spirit. God gave him a new spirit. God gave him a new spirit. And Paul had to remind them that God did not save you to look down on folks that that were that are in the same situation that God pulled you out of. Boy, ain't that something? Don't we get to where we do that? We just look at folks and look down on folks. You know, because if you know, if if weren't for the Lord, there go me. If it had not been for the Lord. On my side. Tell me. Where would any of us be? Where would any of us be? We could all be in a, we could all be in prison and, and listen to the, the preacher come in. It could be a prison sermon. All of us be in there. Last one. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm only going to get to four. This is good, though. Psalms 84, 86, 4. Watch this last verse. I'm just last one I'm going to do. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. David is saying to God, now that I've explained to people who you are and I know who you are, here's what I want you to do for me. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. Let me tell you, when you out here serving, when you out here working, when you out here dealing, when you out here ministering, you out here praying, your soul 
Your soul can get worn down. And sometimes we just have to ask God, rejoice the soul of thy servant. Revitalize me. Amen. Give me some strength because I don't want to stop. But I need your strength to continue. People ask me all the time, I don't know how you do I can't. I cannot tell y'all how many funerals I've done this year already. I cannot tell you. And and honestly, y'all know me well. A lot of the ones I've done lately, I have had a good relationship with these people. I have fallen in love with some of them. And I've talked to them about Jesus and prayerfully, hopefully, led many of them to Christ. And then have to do their funeral. I told y'all about my buddy on my Thursday night Bible study guy. You know, he 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 he's not long for the world. I saw him on Friday. He told me, he said, Chaplain, I just want to get it over with. I just want to get it over with. So he said, so so the, so so David, David is saying, rejoice the soul of thy servant. What's he saying? That word rejoice. That word rejoice, he said, bless the soul of thy servant. Now, don't, don't, don't y'all go there. Because every time, every time church folks hear bless, they think stuff falling out of the sky. <laughs> that ain't what the word bless means. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. No, 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 no. Okay? David wanted a spiritual blessing. Somebody said it. Columbus prayed it. Here's what, he, here's what David was praying for. He said, bless the soul of thy servant. For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. What's he want? He wants more faith, more strength, more love, more joy. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I, go, I go to White House Farms. I go to White House Farms, and I get low on stuff. And I go in there, man, I'm just looking on the shelf. I need more of this, 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 more of this. You know, and you go to White House Farms, the store is about big as this, this church, and you spend $80, $100. You know, get some pickles, beets. Dried pineapples, dried. I like that dried stuff. I get dried beets and I get all this stuff because I, I, it, I, I, it, it helps me. It's in the blueberry donuts, you don't want to not get them. But y'all understand what I'm saying? And sometimes you just need stuff. You're going through. I know, I know most of you guys got struggles, got stuff you're dealing with every day. Phone ringing, you know, you know phone ringing all the time. Need some strength. Let me go down the list. You don't have to raise your hand. Let us speak to your heart. How many here need some more love? Some more joy? Just some more holiness? Some peace? Some long suffering? Not you, Sylvia. Some long suffering? Some patience? Some forgiveness? Some self-control? How about that? Some self-control? Think about that. Temperance? Some self-control? David was asking for temperance. Some meekness. Some of us need some meekness, don't we? Some of us need some meekness. Power under control. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little edgy. I'm starting to flip off a little quick. God, give me some meekness. Give me some gentleness. How about that? How about that? See? Okay. And you got that. You better have it. Too many, like I say, too many Christians walk around here like they ain't got nothing. You call yourself a Christian, you ain't got nothing. That ain't right. That ain't right. 
Because the word of God says it ain't right. Not because I said it ain't right. The word of God says it ain't right. Let me give you this last verse. I'm closing. John 1.12. I think I gave you John 1.12 for the last three weeks. I think I've given you John 1.12 for the last three weeks. So God has put it on my heart for a reason. He said, but as many as have received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, so if you're a child of God. God has given you power at your disposal. You ought not be walking around here crazy. Okay, you ought not be walking around here as a Christian ready to go off at any minute. A walking time bomb. Okay. You ought, you ought to have power to walk away from some stuff. Okay, you know, God give me some power because I need to walk away. I need to move on from this. I need to close this chapter in my life. How about that? Okay. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. That's all I'm going to give y'all. Maybe we'll pick it up on Wednesday night. I hear you. I hear you. Precious Lord. Precious Lord. The prayer of David. Bow down thine Ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee, to, to thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Verse 5, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Praise Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.